Hey, thanks for tuning in to Cross Defense today on the show. We're talking about why you cannot find me on Twitter, even though last episode I said you could. We're going to get to that. We're also going to talk about Marxism and fascism and how those two things are really the same from the perspective of the Christian. Left and right doesn't mean Marxism and fascism. In fact, it means godlessness and godliness. All that and more is coming up right now on Cross Defense. Welcome to Cross Defense. This is the show where we aim to equip the mind, excite the imagination, and comfort the soul. All with God's word, both his law and his gospel, rightly distinguished. It's a pleasure to be with you. If you're new here to the show, I'm Reverend Tyrell Bramwell. I'm the pastor of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Ferndale, California, where faithful Christians from all over Humboldt County's 3,568 square miles of land, that's not counting the drink, that's not counting the ocean, just the land, are gathered by the Holy Spirit to be served by God, receiving from our Lord both His Word and His Sacrament every single week. Yes, this winged lion congregation is not just here in Ferndale. We are spread all over Humboldt County. True story. There is not another outpost of orthodoxy in the entire county, and God's people care so much so much about faithfulness to Scripture that they journey what would have taken our ancestors days each week to receive the means by which our Lord has chosen to give us His grace. It is awesome stuff, my friends. It is amazing. So, all right, today we have some interesting stuff to discuss. For instance, that natural man can come to the false conclusion that there is one of two options, either Marxism or fascism, and how this is a false dichotomy made by people who, though they can claim to be Christian, are not thinking as spiritual man thinks, who has the wisdom to see that Marxism and fascism are really the same Christ-denying thing, and that the true binary distinction is actually between sinful hate and lies, which includes Marxism and fascism, following the powers and principalities and spiritual forces of darkness that the Christians wage war against, following the power of the prince of the air, following Satan and his murderous lying ways, or... Contrary to all of that, there is Christianity. There is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus. That's the true binary distinction. That's the true dichotomy. So we're going to talk about that. But first, first, my friends, let's briefly talk about the fact that I think I set a new record. That's right, a new record world record, perhaps, for the quickest setup and shutdown of a Twitter account. <laughs> That's right. In the last episode, you heard me lament. I did lament that I had to set up a Twitter account. I felt compelled to set up a Twitter account so y'all could use that 
some one, at least one social media platform to contact me. No more. Sorry, guys. No more. It's gone. Twitter is nuts. And within hours of last week's show, I was reminded about, ironically, the content of last week's show. Remember. Remember what Luther taught regarding St. Paul's statement as we read that last week, Romans 1.1, that St. Paul is a servant of Jesus Christ set apart for the gospel of God. Remember that? Set apart. Set apart from whom? The other ministers that could have been sent out to the Gentile world. He was set apart from the other apostles for a particular unique ministry. Well, the same is true for each and every single pastor, even down to this very day. And guess what, guys? I've been set apart to serve the Christians in Ferndale and throughout the 3,568 square land miles of Humboldt County. Those who are coming from all this geographic region to hear God's word and to receive God's sacrament of the altar. They'll be baptized, too, if they're not baptized. I have not, not been set apart to minister to a crazy mob of laymen on Twitter. I have not been called to serve those who use that platform to propagate their hatred of pastors who aren't embracing fascism in a knee-jerk reaction to Marxism, as if those are the only two options. A mob of now former fans of the show, I presume. Many of them were fans of the show because I guess they thought I was a fascist champion. <laughs> this is how deranged the world is now. And I did realize as I was on there and I was trying to figure out how the communication techniques work, I did realize there's a lot of people making a lot of assumptions. There's a lot of eisegetical thought process going on. There's a lot of people who are doing uh, cultural eisegesis, or uh, I should say Twitter eisegesis, maybe. They're, they're reading into a lot of words, and I have much experience with this out here in Ferndale with our sign, as people presume to think they know what it means, and they're reading way past the simplest explanation of the statement. I tweeted that our fidelity to Scripture, our stance here in Humboldt County, is as far from the views of excommunicated sinners as the East is from the West. I found myself leaning on Polycarp's wisdom, as we talked about that on a recent show, not deeming the mob worthy of apologetic discourse, trying to convince them of my position, but then quickly realized that Twitter is fueled, fueled by Twitter mobs. That's what it's known for. That's like the whole point of the platform, isn't it? To rally a mob. I asked why anyone, anyone liked communicating on the platform, and I was told that laymen like it so they can stay connected with each other over and against pastors in the synod. What is that, guys? What is that insanity? It was actually said to me that laymen like Twitter because it allows them to stay linked up against their own church body's pastors. What? How demonic is that? It totally flies in the face of Hebrews 13. Flip there with me. Hebrews 13. Let's take a look at that. 
Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Okay, now listen to this, verse 7. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. Now, certainly there's the immediate context of these words, but of course, of course, no one would argue that these words don't also speak to us today. We have dudes on Twitter who don't want to listen to their pastors. The men who've been called and ordained for them, planted by God in their particular parish to speak to them his word. Instead, instead, they prefer in their own human wisdom, according to what's right in their own eyes, to follow the lead of other laymen with strange, that is, non-biblical teachings. Now, picking up at verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will have to give an account let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience, desiring to act honorably in all things. The timeliness of last week's episode is amazing to me. Friends, truly, you've heard me say it before, I'm going to say it again, I'm going to keep saying it. Turn off your social media. Turn off these horrible wastelands on the internet. Turn off all your online theology sources and invest that same energy, that same time, being connected with the layman in your local parish. Not across the world, in your local parish. Quit living in the online hellscape where false teachers are abundant and abundantly leading people into heresy and quite literally toward hell. And start living with the people who are actually in your real flesh and blood life. Unplug. Unplug and engage with your local congregation and the pastor who God set apart to serve you in your particular 
setting, your particular location, your particular context. Spend your energy in life, fulfilling your real-life vocations. Quit being Twitter mob warriors, keyboard warriors, spewing the filth that you're hearing from others, and plug into your congregation. Open your Bible and actually read. And let the pastor who's been called to serve you, serve you. And submit yourself to him, as Hebrews 13 says, in a way where it's not begrudging, so he's not groaning and and miserable in his service to you, because that is no benefit to you. He has been called to be an overseer of your soul. Let him do that with joy. You may not think he's the sharpest tool. That's not what what it's called for to be a minister of the word. You don't have to be able to speak the most eloquently, be the boldest, charismatic person in the world. You don't have to have these traits that we think are so valuable. You don't have to be personable. You don't have to smell nice. You can be all kinds of weird and still be able to teach, still be above reproach, still be a man who can fill all these overseer qualifications that you, the layman, just may not like because of this or that particular characteristic. Yet, you can still fulfill the office of minister. Mm. Unplug, my friends. Unplug. Okay, so we're going to get to fascism, Marxism, all this stuff, this topic in just a minute. We're going to get to that. And the left-right dichotomy, the false dichotomy version, and the real and the real godless, godliness version. But first, let's deal with a few emails. And uh, while we're doing that, you can send in your message to stmarksferndale.com slash contact. That's S-T-M-A-R-K-S ferndale.com slash contact. Jen says, Dear Reverend Bramwell, I've been listening to your podcast. This latest one I've heard in which you read Polycarp makes me both cheer and cry. Cheer for you, your redeemed stance as the pastor there, as well as your staunch faithful witness in your locale. Mm, Thank you. In your locale, just like we were just talking about. And cry as that's what it has come to. Knowing full well in this age, that's what we are all called to do. Thank you for your compassionate example. May God bless and protect you and your flock. Well, thank you, Jen. I truly appreciate your Christian blessing for me and for these wonderful people here at St. Mark. I will pass along your message to the congregation as well. Let them know. You have sent your blessing. June's upon us, as you know, and we'll be speaking the truth in love all month long, uh, speaking to the zeitgeist of our day, the spirit of our day. So speaking against the LGBTQ and all the pride stuff, uh, only because they're always beating that drum, and so we're always responding to it in faithfulness. So we would definitely appreciate your prayers. Thank you so very much. Another listener wrote in saying, Dear Pastor, love listening to your sermons. We need you or a pastor with your convictions in our unchurched Kitsap County, Washington. <laughs> okay. Our pastor, Brystead, is leaving in October 2023. Peace Lutheran, Missouri Synod. If you know anyone God is leading to a very desperate Washington, please send them our way. 
well, and he says, thank you. Well, we'll do, brother. We, we certainly will do that. Pastors, you've, if you're listening to this, this broadcast, you heard the call for a minister to serve Kitsap County, Washington. And so uh, please, let's, let's pray for the Lord to send a faithful man to proclaim the word with boldness to that part of God's world. Let us pray right now. Almighty God, you've called your church to witness that in Christ you have reconciled us to yourself. Grant that by your Holy Spirit, a pastor may be sent to Kitsap County, Washington, to proclaim the good news of your salvation, so that though Reverend Brystead is leaving, your word may always remain, and all who hear it may receive the gift of salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, and Marlene writes, Wow, Pastor Bramwell, I heard most of your message today about the silent church, LGBTQ issues, Polycarp, and past Christian martyrs who stood for the gospel and truths of their day. I commend you on your delivery of message, boldness, and courage. It was powerful, wonderful, and encouraging. Well, God be praised, Marlene. God be praised for that. And thank you for letting me know. She continues, I'm a recent listener to KFUO. Great stuff. I plan to listen to your program as much as I can and check out the others. I'm a member of a local LCMS church in rural Oklahoma. Anyways, I just wanted to encourage you to keep being bold for Jesus and truth. Calling a spade a spade. It's refreshing. Everyone has a part to play and can do something in this spiritual and earthly battle. May God bless and keep you, your family, and flock in his tender, loving care Always sincerely, Marlene, Zion Lutheran Church, Lahoma, Oklahoma. P.S. The wicked man flees, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. <laughs> yeah, Proverbs 28.1. Uh, thank you, Marlene. Your Christian blessing is also very much appreciated for me, my family, for the flock here at St. Mark. Truly, truly appreciated. May our Lord, who is the truth, the life, and the way, continue to bless you and Zion Lutheran Church, too, your pastor there as well. And finally, on May 16th, Joe asked an interesting question given my recent on-off turnaround on Twitter. He said, Dear Pastor Bramwell, thank you for the words you shared in your most recent podcast. Have you thought about creating a Twitter account? <laughs> Stay bold in Christ. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I had thought about creating a Twitter account, as you just heard. Uh, yeah, that didn't go well. Didn't go well at all. So, brother, my question for you, for you is sincerely, have you thought about deactivating your Twitter account? <laughs> I would highly recommend it. So, all right, guys, we're going to take a break right now. We'll be back for the, the second segment of the show. In the meantime, you can go to stmarksferndale.com slash contact to send in your comments. That is the premier way to do it, the primary way. You could also go to kfuo.org if you'd like to do that. But you cannot go to Twitter anymore. I am not there. So send in your comments, your questions, your biblical bits of brilliance, because I know you got them, to stmarksferndale.com slash contact. That's S-T-M-A-R-K-S. Ferndale.com slash contact. We'll be right back. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. 
put this wisdom of God into practice by listening to Sharper Iron on KFUO. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple, and faithful pastors from around the world help sharpen my faith in Christ every episode. I know you'll be blessed by listening and studying God's Word with us. Listen to Sharper Iron weekdays at 8 a.m. on KFUO and on demand at KFUO.org, the KFUO radio app, and anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, so it has been posited that there are two, count them, one, two options. That's it in the Western world, either Marxism or fascism. If you're like me, you may be thinking, what? Uh, no, there's more than that. At least there's a third option that I'm pretty aware of as a Christian. But the thought is out there. Some people hold to it, and you may yourself have encountered it. It is a binary view of go left or go right. But the trick here is that left is Marxism, sure, yeah, we get that, and right is fascism, and that's the rub. This version of left or right, right is what you would call, what you've heard called, the alt-right. It's not the actual right, it's the alternative right, as if such a thing existed. Alternative being the key word. There is left or right, but there is not a left or alt-right. It's not Marxism or fascism, left and alt-right. We don't even have to get into the ins and outs of those two social, political structures and worldviews, ideologies, whatever you want to use to call it, to know it's a false dichotomy to say Marxism and fascism are the left and the right at play here. No. See, it's actually, in reality, godlessness on the left, in all of its forms, or godliness on the right, Christianity. The alt-right, though some of its adherents may claim to be Christian, the alt-right is actually simply following a different path along the left of the right. <laughs> it is a different path toward godlessness. And before I go any further, when I noted this on Twitter in the split second that I was on that platform, I was contested by the argument that Marxism and fascism are left-hand kingdom ideologies, the, the stuff of the state. And so the question was asked or stated, what is Christianity? What does the kingdom of the right, what does the ecclesial realm, the church, have to do with Marxism and fascism? Now, the observant listener can already start to answer that. Whether by chance or by design, I don't know, I don't care, it doesn't matter. But the socio-political views that have plagued the Western world since the 19th century are not only dealing with the left-hand kingdom, but they are also themselves leftist in the colloquial understanding of the term, meaning they are ideals that want God removed from society and the governing operations of it altogether. So on the right-hand side of the aisle, from the, the time of the French Revolution, when left and right became the monikers that we used to distinguish between progressives and conservatives, those who want to progress away from the church and other things, but for our sake, the church, and those who want to conserve the value of the church, the, the influence of the church on humanity and society in general, from the very beginning of that, 
the right side of the kingdom of the left has sought to conserve the influence of the church on the state. Do you get that? You keeping up with all the left-right delineations? Because we're dealing with the left-hand kingdom, but within the left-hand kingdom, there is a left and a right, and the right side of the left-hand kingdom, the state, the civil realm, it actually leans toward the right hand of God so that the church, the ecclesial realm, has an influence in ideology, at the least, on how people cast their votes and do their governing duties, things like this. But the left hand in the left-hand kingdom wants the right hand lopped off so there is no even coming close to touching the ecclesial realm. You track, tracking with me? You keeping up with me? Okay, so the person who says the only options of a socio-political structure are either Marxism or fascism has already revealed to you that he is thinking purely as a natural man and in the most dangerous of ways. Because both of these systems that he's positing as options are aggressively hostile to God and the church. His binary is compartmentalized into a very narrow choice between heads or tails. But whether he chooses heads or tails, he still ends up choosing the same coin. That's the trick. That's the demonic satanic lie. The name of that coin is godlessness. Call it by whatever name you want. It's godlessness. And this is not what we mean when we speak of the, the two kingdoms of God. There we're talking about God operating by law, gospel. Not no God and God. God rules both the left-hand and the right-hand kingdom in different ways, but he rules them both. To say that the only options in the left-hand kingdom are Marxism and fascism is to reject Romans 13. It is to reject the knowledge that we gain from the right-hand kingdom. Romans 13, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. Now pay attention to this next line. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in the authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. Now, I'm just, just thinking about what we know, even on the most popular mainstream level of the 20th century, and Marxism and fascism, I don't know, would, would, would you, now, I, I'm just spitballing, but would you, would you say these two ideologies fit verse 3 of Romans 13? the revelation of what's going on there. Were the Marxist and fascist rulers, systems 
of governance and state operation, societal structure, were they terrors to good conduct or bad conduct in the 20th century? I'm just asking the random question here. What do you think? Were the communists and the Nazis known for terrorizing the good guys or the bad guys? Just an honest question. Just a curious, simple question. And don't have to get too heady in your, in your analysis and your answer because you know the answer. Neither of these two options are even options, are they? They're evil perversions that have resulted in millions upon millions of deaths, millions upon millions of even just Christian deaths. All death is awful. But the report I've read is something like 45.5 million Christian martyrs coming out of World War II, or I mean, excuse me, not World War II, but out of the 20th century at large. So the whole system, the whole 20th century godlessness that was going on, primarily most of that coming out of World War II, to be clear. I mean, we haven't, we haven't forgotten about the gulags and the concentration camps, have we? I ask that only partially facetiously because I know that our young people are actively forgetting the atrocities of the 20th century. They're being taught a false history. And that is the direct result of godless men trying to protect the horrendous actions and views of other godless men, Marxists and fascist ideology. The Christian sees that both of these are plagues on mankind because of a willful desire to remain unrepentant, to ignore God. To kill, to kill God, at least in one's mind, because it can't be done any other way. Which necessitates, this plague necessitates purging God's existence in the lives of all man's neighbors too. Why? Because you can't even come in contact with God if you want to pretend that he doesn't exist. Because then... The charade is ruined, isn't it? This is what drives 20th century authoritarianism and now still 21st century authoritarianism. The Christian knows this. You know this. The unbeliever doesn't get it. Not at all. 1 Corinthians 2.14 The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. You have to have the spiritual eyes. You have to have the Holy Spirit operating within you. You have to be redeemed by Christ to be able to understand what we're talking about here. Otherwise, we're going to keep going round and round with all of these people who all they're doing is positing these evil godlessness systems. And they won't understand that they at least need to come in contact with the kingdom of the right. Just touch it every once in a while. In order to break away, to, to milk, yeah, to milk the blessing 
that comes from those who are spiritually minded, even if you can't see that for yourself as a natural man, a fallen man, an unreconciled, unredeemed sinner still living unrepentantly with nothing but man-made wisdom. Hmm. Okay, so we've talked about Marxism on this show plenty, I think, because it is the prevailing spirit of the age. It is the zeitgeist that we are contending with in the West, primarily, the predominant one. And it is the ideology that I and St. Mark are constantly contending with in Humboldt County because we have such a leftist worldview in our region of the world. But for clarification's sake, for thoroughness' sake, let us review some of Marx's statements, some Marxist statements. Karl Marx said, We make war against all prevailing ideas of religion, of the state, of country, of patriotism. The idea of God is the keynote of a perverted civilization, he said. It must be destroyed. Lenin said, Atheism is an integral part of Marxism. Marxism is materialism. We must combat religion. This is the ABCs of all materialism and consequently of all Marxism. Another Marx quote for you. We're concerned with a highly interesting question, Marx says, the decomposition of the absolute spirit. That would be God, guys. That would be God. We are concerned with a highly interesting question, the decomposition of the absolute spirit. And one more time to Lenin. Among other purposes, we created our party, the Socialist Party, specifically for the Communist Party, for the fight against any religious deceiving of the people. Mm, that's some pretty telling stuff right there. And this is why we have, on record, a communist explaining why they tortured Christians in communist gulags. He says, if we kill you Christians, well, then you go to heaven. But we don't want you to go be crowned as martyrs. You should curse God first, and then you should go to hell. You ever wonder why the Christians were being targeted by the communists? Here it was, right? This is, this is it. Because it is an assault, it is a war on God. This is complete war against the church and her God. To which I say, no thanks. <laughs> I'm not really interested in Marxism. Thank you very much. I want nothing to do with the left. How about the alt-right? How about fascism? Well, given the, uh, I don't know, let's call it the Lex Arendi, Lex Credendi approach to dictatorship. By that, I mean uh, there's plenty of proof in the practice pudding to determine the rottenness of the doctrine behind the practice. Yeah, you getting that? Tracking with me? 
just thinking in this way, let's consider, well, let's consider one of the sources, Friedrich Nietzsche, just for a moment. He was a Darwinist, and he actively opposed Christianity. He was also a major influence on the notorious Adolf Hitler. But before he waged war on God, Nietzsche was the son of a Lutheran pastor. And he was so devoutly religious that his friends called him the little minister. <laughs> they even referred to him as Jesus in the temple because he was so interested in teaching the truth. And he was a sharp young lad, apparently. But Darwin, Charles Darwin, he was Satan's agent, his crow, to swipe the seed from the ground. And when the young Nietzsche read the evolutionist's words, well, he became obsessed. He became obsessed with his fascistic idea of the overman. The overman. You might think of it as the superman. The ubermensch in German. The man above others. This child of God became known as the child of Darwin. And he took Darwin's survival of the fittest idea and he turned it into his own will to power. And so Nietzsche sneered at traditional Judeo-Christian morality, calling it tame, cowardly, and hypocritical. We've had to take a break right there. We'll be right back for our third and final segment. So stick with us. You're listening to Cross Defense. Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Phil Boo, host of Thy Strong Word. Each weekday morning at 11 a.m., join me and a guest pastor as we explore God's Word, which strengthens our faith and guides our lives. You can listen over the air, online at kfuo.org, or through your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Thy Strong Word, only from KFUO. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Okay, as we come back, I hope you listened to last week's episode. You might not understand some of the stuff we're talking about here, but if you did, then in the language of last week's episode, you could say that Nietzsche saw the church as frivolous. But instead of working to restore, to reform a frivolous church to faithfulness, as is our wonderful Lutheran tradition of Reformation, this little Lutheran who grew up to become a very influential person for world leaders, academics, all kinds of stuff. He was influenced by the godless ideology of Darwinism. And he responded to the frivolity that he saw with the lack of faith. Remember from last week's episode, frivolity is a lack of wisdom. What is the lack of faith? The other root of evil that Luther mentions from Romans 1.1? The lack of faith results in severity. So Nietzsche went from seeing a frivolous church, not to faithfulness, but to severity. 
because he was a Darwinist. Nietzsche was also a racist. The division between ethnicities in his mind was a product of evolution. He had abandoned God, and everything became for him operational in a Darwinistic evolutionary framework. And so he was an advocate for eugenics, all these sorts of evils. In short, as Jerry Bergman summarizes, Nietzsche believed Christianity was a social system that enabled inferior humans to survive the Darwinian struggle for existence. That is horrible. In Hitler's cross, Erwin Lutzer says, the infamous fascist considered himself, this is Hitler, considered himself the Superman of Nietzsche's philosophy. And he rejoiced, Adolf did, that the doctrine of God that always stood in the way of brutality and deceit had finally been removed. Just let that soak for a minute. They rejoiced, basically, that morals were gone, that people could act like animals. And that comes from Darwinism, treating us simply as animals. Fascism sees the Democratic Republic of America, our sort of policy or our uh, way of doing governance, to speak more clearly, as the refuge of the weakling, the weak person. Fascism is anti-democratic, it's anti-capitalist, it's anti-liberal, meaning it's anti-freedom. And why? Because these things, as they are known in the modern world, as they were known when, when Marx and Nietzsche and, and all these people were, were creating this, these horrible worldviews that we are now being told are the only two options we have. They were against all these things, democracy, capitalism, liberalism, in a, in a historic sense, that were foundational to the American culture. And why were they foundational to our culture? Because they sprung from a Christian world view that understood mankind is sinful, vicious, brutal, deceitful, all the things Hitler glorified, all the things Lenin and Stalin and Marx and all these guys glorified, all the things the dictators always glorify. We recognize that, our founders did, the Christian influence, the Judeo-Christian Old Testament, New Testament influence on our society recognized our sinfulness and put checks in place. A democratic republic, capitalism, just liberalism in its historic sense, these are things that are the fruit of a Christian worldview. Marxism and fascism are the antithesis to that. Herein lies the true left-right dichotomy. And in the social, political structure, in the, the kingdom of the left hand, the true right side of the aisle, the things that we're trying to conserve on the right, these things are directly linked to the church, to biblical teaching. Christianity to ultimately 
as you have already guessed, God. It is a godless worldview that sees our foundational Judeo-Christian ideology, society, institutions, and structures as a means for the little guy to hold down the big man. And that's a Darwinian thought, not a Christian one. And that is a summary of what Nietzsche and all the fascists taught. Hitler seeing himself as the Ubermensch and trying to create a race of overmen, supermen, supreme men to lord over others. And whether we're talking Marxism or fascism, what we have before us are systems that are purely naturalistic and void of room for the truth, for goodness, for beauty. These things that come from the spiritually-minded society, they are both equally assaults on God and His church and have both proven to be brutal ideologies that unleash unrepentant sinners on their neighbors without remorse because they have hearts that have been hardened and they have only a debased mind. They are therefore both condemned. Marxism and fascism equally condemned in Romans 1, 28 to 32. Turn there with me, would you? And therefore, they both must be rejected by Christians. Romans 1, 28 to 32, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. And with that, I would like to turn us back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I already read verse 14, but we're going to back up. So please, please flip to 1 Corinthians 2 with me. And let's start at the beginning and understand the spiritual mindedness of our Christian worldview and how we approach every system implemented in the left-hand kingdom from our right-hand perspective. And I, Paul says, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. No Marxist thought, Engels helping him, no, no Nietzsche and Hitler and Mein Kampf and all the different communist manifestos and all the different things that are going on out there, none of the Darwinist philosophies and scientisms and, and all this man-made wisdom. No. Paul says, I come 
deciding to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness. <laughs> yeah, you got that as a weakling. Mm-hmm. And in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it's not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we, we have received not the spirit of the world, not Marxism and fascism and all the godlessness and all their various philosophic expressions of idiocy, but the spirit who is from God. That's what we have received. That we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person, he does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person well, he judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we, we have the mind of Christ. We do have the mind of Christ, my friends. We are not thinking in terms of the natural world. For we have already received the Spirit of God. And so we think as those filled with the, the, the pneumatic view, the pneumatic vision, the pneuma, the Spirit of God, and not those thinking like psychotic natural man, psyche, sukha. No, we... We are not using the psyche to think about how we operate with our neighbor. What sort of structure in our left-hand kingdom should exist? 
This is why we contend for the truth. This is why we speak against Marxism as it, as it seems to be the prevailing spirit of the age, even though it goes by so many other names in America. The LGBTQ agenda, critical race theory, climate change, feminism. And so we fight against that. But we also, we, that does not mean that we go toward a severity of fascism with dictators and the, the zealotry that takes patriotism and turns it into a religion. We're not zealots like that. We are faithful. That is what is required of a steward, to be found faithful. So we avoid, as we talked about last week, frivolity in the church, but also severity in the church. The fascists are going to see our mercy our grace, our love, they're going to see that as frivolousness. But it's not a lack of wisdom. As Luther describes frivolity as a lack of wisdom. No, oh no. Bearing with our brother? Oh man. That is nothing but wisdom. That is fidelity. And that's what People who say Marxism or fascism, those are the only two options, don't understand. That's what Christianity brings to the table as the kingdom of the right touches up against the kingdom of the left and influences it, shades the ideological world with our teachings so that then this, the kingdom of the left can be operated appropriately under the authority of God, not being a terror to good conduct, but truly only being a terror to bad. Hmm. Okay, well, that's that. We dealt with some uh, inbox stuff. We got our mailbag kind of done done away with for today. And uh, we dealt with me not being on Twitter anymore and the fascists and the, the Marxists out there. Well, we're coming into June, so you're going to have a lot more Marxists coming your way. And I pray that you will be bold as you speak against the LGBTQ during Pride Month. Absolutely do so. We will be doing that here at St. Mark. You can keep tuned in uh, to see what's going on here. I, I just imagine it's not going to be an easy road. It hasn't been for two years. Why would it be now? But uh, we would actually desire your prayers. If you want to send those up for us, that'd be appreciated. And we will be praying for you too. If you let us know what we can pray for you for, it'd be our pleasure to do so here on this show, but also here at the Winged Lion uh, studio, or I should say rather the sanctuary next door in the church. So anyway, we're out of time, guys. So God's blessings to you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all your support here at Cross Defense. And remember, if you heard in the last episode that I'm on Twitter, I'm not. Set that up, shut that down, set a new world record. <laughs> we flew that nest real quick. You guys can all stick with your bluebirds. He's not on my shoulder anymore. And with that, we are out. Godspeed and God's blessings. Cross Defense is a production of KFUO Radio. Find past episodes and support Cross Defense at KFUO.org.